Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Business Growth Show, where we talk about all components of business and how to utilize them for exponential growth. My name is Ethan Cassiotis. I'm a serial entrepreneur, international speaker, results strategist, business coach, mentor, and consultant. Today, I have an awesome guest. He is the founder and CEO of Day One, which is a fellowship of entrepreneurs who are leveling up how they start, build, and grow new businesses. Prior to founding Day One, Andrew was the Chief Innovation Officer at Human Ventures, a startup studio in New York City. In his time at Human Ventures, Andrew led the incubation and launch of startups like Tiny Organics, Paloma Health, Loopy, and Milo. Welcome, Andrew Hutton, and thank you for being on my show. Ethan, thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. Awesome. Uh, you know, it's so awesome to have you here as well. And I'm sure it's going to be an amazing show with a lot of value for everyone watching and listening today. So you're a very successful entrepreneur. So for those people who don't know uh, who you are, please introduce yourself by telling us about you and your journey. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll, I won't go too far back past uh, my time at Human Ventures, but I got my start in most things business as a consultant. Um, a lot of folks do. I, I, you know, love my time. I was at Accenture for about four years where I cut my teeth, right? On all things business, um, definitely not entrepreneurial per se, but, uh, you know, every other aspect of, you know, how to show up in the world. Um, but I also, you know, you might know Accenture as a big management consulting firm, you know, wearing suits and ties, but I was there and I lived at the intersection between the management consulting, the, the, right side of your brain and the creative design innovation consulting world where, um, you know, I was using uh, design thinking, design strategy to help companies create new products and services, as well as, you know, build innovation capabilities. And so pretty multifaceted. And it was from there that I jumped over to the world of startups. Like most consultants, I was pretty eager to get closer to the, to the game, right? Get on the ground floor. Um, I looked around and said, where are the real innovators, right? It's not necessarily within corporates. And so entrepreneurship was, was calling me and yeah, was, was amazingly fortunate to find my way over to a place called Human Ventures. So if you don't know how startup studios work, um, you know, Human Ventures is a venture capital firm. So capital behind it, investing in startups. But instead of just looking around for the best uh, startup at a specific stage, we built our own businesses. We built our own startups. And so I was on the team and then eventually started to run the team that was incubating and building and launching new startups. And so you can imagine, you know, the learning curve and the journey of building a machine to build businesses, a factory, as well as every single business has its own flavor. So we launched about a dozen businesses in my three years at Human. We uh, obviously took a lot of other shots, um, you know, dozens of ideas, explorations, entrepreneurs worked with. And, um, and yeah, but after three years of that, I was ready to figure out one, what can I make on my own? Where, where do I go next? As well as, you know, within a startup studio, you, you know, we worked with some of the best entrepreneurs in the world, but it was a small number. It was a handful, right? 12, 12 businesses in, in three years. And as I was looking around for what was next, I got really excited just about the, the way the world was changing and how more and more and more and more people are becoming entrepreneurial. And it's not that that changed overnight in 2020, although the pandemic very much pushed people into sort of new ways of thinking. People definitely jumped off the ledge last year, I think more than ever, but there's just so many more entrepreneurs than there are, you know, funders and venture capitalists and people, you know, investing and supporting. It's a tiny little percentage. And so day one's mission and what really drove me to start day one was how can we support orders of magnitude 
10x, 100x, maybe 1,000x more entrepreneurs with a, a, an ecosystem that looks like venture, but operates a lot differently. And so that's what we've built with day one. If you uh, come inside our fellowship, it feels like you're in an accelerator, right? It feels like you have mentorship, you have coaching and guidance, you have resources, you have deals, you have everything that we could bring together to help an entrepreneur get their start and do it sort of on the right foot, firm foundations, the right guidance, but we've uncoupled it from venture capital. It's now, it's a fellowship that's open to everybody. It's a fee for a service, which changes the game. And uh, we're here to help, or, like I said, orders of magnitude, hundreds of founders coming through our program. So yeah, we've been doing that just since uh, the summer of last year of 2020. So getting almost up to a year now, and, um, and yeah, we're just getting rolling with the programs that we run. But, but yeah, if you just think about me, like I said, you know, I've been in New York. I didn't even cover that stuff, but I've been in New York for a long time, about about a decade. Obviously, Human Ventures was in New York. We live in a remote world these days, so um, kind of getting out of the city. But but yeah, just love supporting entrepreneurs and a student of the process. How does an entrepreneur do what they do? How does a founder get started, get going, start to scale? And I don't know, every other every little bump along the way. Those are the things that that really get me going. Yeah, I love that. Uh, such an amazing story. And I love hearing the journeys um, because, yeah, you can see how the things, um, you know, all the way through. And I've uh, I recently finished an MBA in, in majoring in entrepreneurship subjects and we actually did some design thinking. Right. And I think mm-hmm. um, it's a very powerful tool. And, um, you know, I think maybe because a lot of people really don't know what design thinking is <clears throat> and yeah. you know, how it's different. So do you want to maybe, I guess, elaborate a little bit on what that is and how it's different to the way we normally do things. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess I left out a tiny bit of my story was I got a, my own master's degree, uh, master's yeah, degree from um, a Parsons School of Design school here in New York City that um, teaches design of all subjects, but also design thinking. The, the, in design thinking, the simplest way to say it is it's the mentalities that a designer that a creative person takes into their their to their work so artist designer the mentalities which are being very very iterative being highly divergent so exploring widely before you arrive at a solution um, being very human centered so looking at the person you're solving for and understanding their needs their desires their wants and packaging all those up in the service of business, frankly, right? It could be in the service of non-business, right? A nonprofit, or you could design your own life if you wanted to. But in this world, we're probably talking about in the service of, you know, new products, new services, new process, just, just all the things that you end up dealing with, the problems that you end up facing as you build or grow a, a new business. And, and so in practice, you know, there's, there's a lot of different processes that you can run, but really I, I like to say the process is interesting. You can learn it, but it's more you, you do the process uh, so that you can learn the, the muscles. So you can build your muscles and the mindsets. And it's really about empathy, iteration, human-centered, well, that's empathy, right? Focusing on the customer and, um, and really just building, right? I, I, a lot of us, a lot of us business folks who come from MBAs or consulting, you know, there's a lot of thinking and some strategy and some talking, but building and shipping and learning by doing is it's a different mindset and it's, you know, really powerful, especially for entrepreneurship, you have to be building. So it's, uh, it's probably one of those things, design thinking is probably one of those things that entrepreneurs have been being, have been design thinkers since the dawn of entrepreneurship, right? It's part and parcel of it. It just now has a new name and sort of a different discipline, but, but yeah, it's absolutely critical to how someone, anyone builds a new business. 
Yeah, I love that. Thanks for sharing that. And um, yeah, as part of my program, we we were basically like management consultants, right? They paid the university instead of paying like, you know, $100,000, they paid a smaller amount and we had coaches and things that went into an actual business. And um, and it, it was definitely challenging initially to, to go down the path, but it was very rewarding. You know, when you say about human centeredness, when you have the conversations with the users, with the customers and everybody and that, and you actually find out <clears throat> what are the good things, what are the pain points, and you actually really know what's happening so that you can build the product or change the business depending on what's happening, you know, what stage you're at, very powerful. So it's great to see that you're, um, yeah, I guess fostering that and, and helps with that process and everything, which is amazing. Um, so, so well done there. And um, I guess let's just go a little bit back as well um, with obviously you, you, you've gone to school and, and like the college um, in the US and things like that. Where did you mm. then go from there, I guess, with your first job and, and things like that? Well, so I mean, I skipped over a couple of crazy spots. So grad school, design thinking, Parsons is definitely the sort of intellectual genesis of my career. And, you know, I, I walked you all the way back. I went straight from Parsons to to consulting at Accenture. But before that, I was as an undergrad, I was an economics um, and political science. I was a social sciences major. I was going to go to law school, actually. I was going to, <laughs> so I had a, a career pivot right out of school. Um, I was going to go to law school. I was, a, yeah, I was in scholarships. I just had to say yes to, uh, to somewhere. And at the 11th hour, um, I, you know, what, what really happened was I, I, was, I interned. I, you know, so this is actually design thinking and practice, meaning I did it. I was in the game. I was seeing how the sausage got made. Um, at this law firm, it was a really interesting law firm, but I found myself saying, if this is a really interesting law firm and I'm still not in love with it, the odds of me <laughs> really loving this career path are pretty low. So I don't know, I was a 22 year old and sort of made a decision that felt like my life was set and then said, let's try this. Let's try something else, anything else. And so said, uh, said, let's find a new path. Um, so graduating without having done any business internships, without having done any sort of prep, I was sort of just out there. And I mean, here's a story. I got a very, I had a very good friend who had started his, he was a business guy. He had started a nonprofit. He had started a, actually an agricultural business. It was, I say that it's a farm. He started a farm over in Uganda in East Africa. And he said, Hey, Andrew, I need someone to help me run this thing. Do you want to come over here and build a business with me in Africa, in Uganda, in Kampala, you know, try it out for six months. And so I said, what the heck? I have nothing going on. I have let's just do this. And I, I was right to do that because when else was I ever going to go build a f agricultural business? We started off building, it was a pig farm. We started off raising pigs. We uh, moved into grain trading and actually I left after six months. I was, you know, a little homesick, kind of, kind of got to the end of my rope, but my friend Phil, he's, he's still over there. He's built a business in the last decade as an agricultural, um, you know, maize trader over in East Africa. He's a, like a mogul over there. And anyway, all that say had a crazy experience start that said, Hey, um, I didn't know it was entrepreneurial. I didn't know we were, I had literally no idea. I was just thrown into the deep ends. Um, but when I came back, I said, all right, I want to keep making stuff. I want to keep doing, I didn't necessarily want to have a finance degree or a finance career. I said, I want to make stuff. And I said, who makes things? And the answer led me to designers. Designers make things. I should have said entrepreneurs make things because it's very true. Entrepreneurs make things. That's what I learned later on in my career. But designers and I mean, I'm not going to complain. Um, starting off with design as a background from there was an amazing road, road and journey, but, but yeah, absolutely. I, I am the, 
like a poster child for just like following your nose, going one way, shifting over here, taking an adventure. And then I don't know, life works out from there because, you know, saw the world and uh, learned a lot along the way for sure, <laughs> for sure. But crazy ride. Can't, yeah. can't say anything else. That's, that's amazing. Um, and uh, it's great that you shared that with everyone. And I think, like you said, the biggest thing out of that is you actually saw that you weren't liking it or, you know, you weren't in your elements and everything like that. And you were like, okay, what, what do I want to do? And you, and you made that change. And I think a lot of people have a mm. bit of fear. Um, you know, they want certainty, they want these other things and they, they don't follow that dream and then they maybe do it too late or some never do it. And, um, you know, that can really hurt us right um, down the line. If, if you wonder really oh, what if, um, so um, it's great to see that you did that. And, and I think that should inspire everybody listening today that if you are thinking about doing something different, you're not exactly happy with what you're doing in whatever situation that is. And if you doing want to do your own thing, go with that because it's very powerful. Yeah. I mean, the entrepreneurial journey requires that, right? You're jumping off a, a ledge to make something happen that isn't there, that you're making completely new, right? And so, um, but whether you're switching careers or, you know, yeah, switching industries, um, I don't know, it feels risky, but the bigger risk is to just kind of stay the course and be unhappy. And yeah, life is long, you know, take a, take a step back, be where you want to be. I was definitely not thinking that big picture or clearly when I was 22, I was just sort of, I was a little bit thoughtful, but you know, you know, a decade on, you know, it's in hindsight, it's easy to say that, right. I totally empathize with anybody who's somewhere in the middle, right. It's hard to see your way out, but yeah, there's, there's always taking those leaps is usually the right, right move. <laughs> it's hard to say blanket things like that, but yeah, usually almost always it's, 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 a, it's something's there. Yeah. Love that. Great points. And I guess now, you know, you've got day one and, um, you know, you're, I guess, creating, you know, fellowship, right. Um, as, as you call it. And, um, you know, maybe mm -hmm. explain a little bit more to everybody of, you know, why it's important to have that area in, you know, in that entrepreneurial space. Yeah. So the idea of a fellowship, it's, um, you know, we're not the first ones to create a fellowship at all, but I, I, I look around and I see fellowships popping up maybe a little more, especially because we're building one, you kind of look out for them, but it's, it's a, it's a new mode of education, right? So primary school, some kind of college, maybe going to graduate school, you know, most of our traditional education institutions are, are one thing, right? It's sort of all encompassing and, and it's, you know, your time is there and you're focused. Um, you get out of that, you're in your career. Yeah. There's plenty of, you know, follow on educations you can do, you can do courses, but the idea of a fellowship is the mix of education and practice. Meaning we're here to teach and help people grow and learn, but doing that through putting them, not putting them to work, but guiding them through their work, right? It's, it's, it's meant to be completely 50, 50, or, you know, hundred percent and hundred percent of learning and practice. And I think that's what the idea of fellowship encompasses. So it's not just courses and classes where you're kind of being academic and it's not just learning on the job, right? You're allowed to be trying new things and taking new directions. And I mean, it's my conjecture that that's the only way to teach or guide an entrepreneur, right? It's the only way to help somebody become a better entrepreneur because all the lessons in the world on entrepreneurship uh, you know, one, they're out there, they're already made, right? There's very little that hasn't been said around entrepreneurship, whether it's in a book or a podcast or clubhouse these days, like everything content wise is out there. 
entrepreneurship, because you're doing something new and it's almost certainly new for you, right? Because we've been brought up in one mode of working and learning. So entrepreneurship is new for you. It's, it's just like new muscles and it's a whole new thing, right? If you're trying to do something innovative, it's fresh and new. So it's new on two degrees, on two levels. And the only way to know if it's going to be something or to see if it's for you is to try it out. And so the idea of a fellowship, the idea of day one is we're the safe place to go try those things out and to not spin your wheels, to not bash your head against the wall. It's teaching to help you know, like, okay, these are the steps. These are the stages. This is what it looks like to go ahead and, and then coaching and guidance. Right. And so we do have a curriculum, the way we unpack the sort of learning journey but it's multifaceted, right? There's some teaching, there's a lot of doing so that when you run into a snag, then you come back for coaching, you have your peers and you can learn from each other. And so every, it's, yeah. So it's a multifaceted learning journey built around the stuff of building an early, of building a business from the early stages, right? So man, there's so much to it, right? The early stages are a very specific stage of a business. Like if you start to succeed and you're trying to scale and grow a business, different stuff, right? We're not teaching you, you know, we're going to get you the first things first, right? Let's see if you can't get there. Let's see if your business can't actually be something, right? Something successful. Um, people usually talk about that, that moment that I'm talking about, that switch is where product market fit generally happens, right? Something about the market really, you know, pulling the product from you and, you know, consuming it, your business starts to grow organically, things like that, right? So everything short of that is, actually just a unique specific kind of tough and that's where design thinking comes in that's where lean startup comes in yeah and we've built a program that um it's it's hard to describe in any kind of one linear way because it's it's one entrepreneurship is not linear right and so we've built a program that allows for windy journeys for multi different types of learning and to put you in the game. So you're doing things while you're learning along the way. So yeah, many things to get to this idea that like, this is how you would learn entrepreneurship. I don't, can't really think of another way to, to do it or teach it. Yeah, I love that. And, and it's an interesting one about the mentality of learning entrepreneurship, right? Cause there's this, you know, old age thing is like, are people made or are they born and, and all this type mm -hmm. of stuff, which is a very interesting sort of conversation, right? And a, and I think anything can be learned, right, these days. And realistically, entrepreneurship to me mm. is like a way of thinking. Um, it's yeah. probably the simple way to put it, right? And then obviously there's a lot of processes and things of building a business which come into that, but it's the way of thought um, and then how you, how you bring things together and stuff like that. So it's very interesting to see, um, yeah, what you're doing. I, I completely agree with that. Entrepreneurship is a way of thinking, which... I'll take it in a few different ways, right? Meaning you could keep your day job. You could be working at Accenture, Fortune 500 firm, whatever it might be. And you maybe could or should be entrepreneurial, right? Entrepreneurship, that's a, there's a way of thinking about taking risk, building new things, kind of marketing your ideas, taking, you know, making new things out of nothing, innovation, if you will, right? That, um, yeah, happens everywhere, right? So there's definitely a world where entrepreneurship doesn't have to be the realm of just startups, right? Entrepreneurship is very much, you know, a driver of all kinds of innovation across the economy. And so completely agree. It's a mindset, right? That's, it's a mindset and it's like muscles, it's capability, meaning sometimes you're, it's not quite, sometimes it is thinking, it's deciding what to do, but as often as not, it's like gearing up to go do a hard thing, right? It's like feeling confident that like, I'm gonna go lift this weight and I can do it. And if I can't lift it today, I'm gonna practice 
and get there until I can. Right. And so it's, it's habits. It's, 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 so it's mindset, it's habit. It's, it's a way of thinking and a way of working. And then, so, so the way we unpack that, right. Um, is we, we respect and like, it's, it's hundred percent our perspective that entrepreneurship is a mindset. And so everything we try to do is get you to experience that mindset. I, I can't tell you about a mindset and get you to like have it. You have to try it on, right? And so we get you to try on entrepreneurship. We push you over the ledge and say, you're going to do these things in this order through this program. And you're going to feel it. And you're going to feel uncomfortable. And you're going to feel pushed, right? But we're also, we're there to guide you. We're there to tell you how to do it. We're there to be your shoulder to cry on and catch you when it's hard and you mess up, Right. Um, but we're putting the, you into the position to try on these mindsets. So that's thing one. And then thing two is we're teaching you all the stuff that you don't know because entrepreneurship is fresh. So you've never thought about how to find and date and connect with a co-founder, but let's talk about it, right? You've never thought about raising capital, but now you do, right? So entrepreneurship is both muscles and then it's just like new knowledge, right? If you've never raised money, found a co-founder, hired a team, built a product, marketed it, and it's dozens of things, right? It's actually a whole lot of new stuff. So there's a both and to the mindsets and then the knowledge. I think you kind of referenced that, right? There's, there's, it's multifaceted and, and yeah, it's, it, it's definitely a lot, right? People come to day one and some, you can't really consume it all. Right. And we're aware of that. Like everyone's going at their own pace, going um, through their own journeys. Um, you know, we leave it on. So after you finish, you can always come back to the learning and you have the connections you've always made. So um, yeah, we respect that entrepreneurship is this long journey and we're there for, you know, eight weeks, 10 weeks to help you push forward, level up, accelerate, um, knowing you've got a lot going on. We always want to be home-based for you, for sure. Yeah, I love that. Really great points. And I yeah, completely agree with, you know, that obviously you need the strategy element as well to, to help with whatever it is. And I think you made a good point, um, you know, about finding co-founders, right? And mm. you know, what I see as well is that yes, it's a way of thinking, but as as people, we also have certain ways of thinking and certain habits. Let's call it like some people, you know, mm -hmm. you can sort of say there's different types of entrepreneurs. Like there's the visionary type of entrepreneur. There's the more taskmaster type of entrepreneur. There's you know the sort of the left brain, right brain, as you call it, the more creative one or the more logical mm -hmm. type one as well, and that likely mm -hmm. comes into it with co-founders, right? Where you, when, you, when you're finding a co-founder, you don't necessarily want to find someone exactly like you because you want to have, have other elements and stuff like that. So yeah, maybe um, explain a little bit more about what you see in that. Yeah, we, um, we always run a session that unpacks this and unpacks a lot of the thinking. It's, it's, it's again, one of those topics that there's some principles and some mindsets, but then you just have to meet a lot of people and start to experience who are you a fit with. So um, I mean, the number one thing is comp is compliments, right? You're totally right. If um, it's uh, well, it's compliment because building a startup is freaking hard. I mentioned you, there's probably there's dozens of things you need to do and know, and you will not cover all of them, right? <laughs> unless you've been like a unless you're a serial entrepreneur with like five startups under your belt, you don't do everything, right? And so finding people to help do that with you is the number one thing that'll help you succeed. Now that said, right, you need to find a complement who's a good fit for you, you know, functionally, but then man, getting along and having a great co-founder relationship is, is, I mean, it's the whole kit and caboodle, right? So the reason why you get a co-founder is so you can cover more area. Co-founder breakups are like the number one killer of a startup. So it's a risk to bring on a co-founder and you have to have, 
um, I mean, you have to take care of it. It's like most relationships, you have to nurture it, right? You should figure out if you get along and if you have, you know, you know, competing or, you know, either complimentary or, you know, not complimentary mindsets about where you want the business to go or how you work. Um, and ultimately it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those make or break things for sure. Right. I would say, um, the, uh, the one thing that we, we try to guide founders into doing, um, one is to kind of treat it very iteratively. So to be meeting a lot of people, to be kind of calibrating yourself. And then at the very bottom of all, what you're looking to, to tell when you find a, if you're looking for a co-founder is together, are we more energetic and productive together? Like, do we just like, are we a multiplication? And if people look at us, are they like, man, that's a, they're just getting shit done. They're shipping, they're, they're, you know, creative. They like riff off each other. It's a mix of like energy and productivity. If together you have that, you're in a good spot. Plenty of people will realize like, okay, we don't have great energy. We are constantly second guessing each other. I push forward and they second guess and they pull me back. That's not productive. So if that's, if that's your reality, you're probably not a good co-founder fit. Right. If I, and you'll never know if you have like, again, like all things entrepreneurship, it's brand new. Like you've never had a partner like this if you haven't built a business. And so you might as well. So if you're fresh into it, go meet a lot of people, right? Go try it on, collaborate with people, have jam sessions with people about your idea, about their idea, as much to just feel it out what it's like to be in the sort of like same wavelength sync with somebody as it is to, you know, get cool ideas and get feedback on your, on your business. Right. Again, we kind of think of that way and we say, well, how did we design for that? We have dozens and dozens of people in a fellowship where you can just collide with each other. Right. And you can just interact and you can be like that kind of person drives me nuts. I will never be a co-founder with that kind of person or, oh my gosh, I love what you do. I need to work with you or that type of person. Right. So like all things entrepreneurship, if you're fresh into it, you just have to experience it. And so <laughs> I don't know, it's, I keep coming back to this. There's no safe, there's no way to do it unless you do it. And then up until like now-ish, right? You basically just had to jump and start, right? How, how else would you do it? I mean, that's what I would encourage everyone to do. Just jump and start, right? There's a ton of caveats to that, right? Don't just like quit your job when you have nothing. Like there's, a, but like, don't quit your job. Just do a side hustle. Just like be entrepreneurial, meet people, get active, right? Like nothing is accomplished or learned or done without like putting things into the world, whether it's activity or building something or a landing page or whatever it might be. So always, 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 always just like get doing right. Activity counts for almost everything here. Yeah, definitely. Really great points there and, and love it. Um, meet people and, and make it happen. Um, you know, take the action. It's always, always the best way to get that momentum going. Um, and you talked about, you know, what, what could be, potential issues maybe let's let's unpack that a little bit more it's saying you know obviously you've been there working before in human ventures and now obviously with day one and and everything what do you see are the biggest issues and hang-ups and things that founders are running into yeah it's uh i mean it comes down to the stuff that you might see or read about which is it comes down to the like clear articulation and essence of a problem and a solution that that is just like an, not an obvious fit it can be very unobvious right but a clear like oh my gosh that scratches that itch that's that's the solution right um 
we just had a mentor come in and give a talk today and he was talking about and we were talking about mvps we're talking about shipping right and so what i see is most founders have a pretty loose idea of what to build and they have a lot of work to do to go build something put it into the world try it out and get people to react see it and and kind of like start to tell them where to go, right? Because they all pretty much have one vision of the world and it's almost certainly not the like perfect fit. Like think of it like, like a puzzle, like a jigsaw puzzle, right? Like the problem is this like uniquely shaped hole and your solution needs to fit it. And most people's initial ideas and solutions are just whatever they dreamed up, right? And they're trying to drop it in there. It's not gonna fit, right? So you have to dream it up, you have to ship it. You have to be very you know, human centric and listen and be very close to this customer. And so the thing that I, I see a lot of founders on is they're at that like very early loose stage. I've heard of this problem or I have a few, you know, I have an insight around it and I have an idea. And it's, it's, it's realizing that until I go through many iterations of, in many conversations with this customer and many iterations of my products, that I really have a fit. Um, another way to say this is most folks don't realize how long and arduous the, even the early stages are going to be, right? It's not going to be this like, bam, bam, ship it, go, right? Kind of thing. It's going to be, it's a, it's a bit of a grind. It's a bit of a process. And um, we get, when we get folks who are at the beginning or even in the, so we get folks at the beginning and sort of the middle, right? And the folks in the middle are just like, they're just like in it. They have things, they're continuing to learn. It's all in front of them and they have to kind of unpack what they're learning. Folks in the beginning, um, they haven't hit it yet. So it's about getting them to hit it and getting them to understand this is gonna be this is gonna be work, right? To get to this thing. I don't think anyone starts a business without realizing it's gonna be work, but almost everyone who starts off fresh, they start on a high, it's really exciting. They feel like tons of motivation about leaving their job and jumping into the entrepreneurship. Um, and ultimately it's just like a lot of hard work and it's very ambiguous work. You don't know what the next thing is. It's very, um, um, I mean, ambiguous work does a lot to you, right? You don't, you feel, you feel uh, um, uncertain, the uncertainty kind of gets at you, right? You might start to feel unmotivated because you don't know the next move to make. And that's like a very bad spiral, right? And so as you get into this, there's an emotional element that's really tough. And so, and so, yeah, I just, we keep encouraging folks just like keep doing this. This is the work. It's a little bit of trust the process, right? And knowing that there's going to be something if you keep at it, um, especially if your insights are strong or you're being really human centric and very close to your customer. Um, but yeah, it comes down to that core nugget. So, so, so this mentor who was talking today um, was sharing his story, right? About how he had some big grand vision. He wanted to go sell this product to these big companies. And along the way, they kept asking for this one little thing. And he's like, that's not what I do. I do this. And he did it for, he said he did it for a year. And I know, cause I was along the way, I was, you know, collaborating with him for a year. And eventually he's like, okay, <laughs> ego aside, this is what they're asking for. And it felt small. It felt not like the big thing, but it's what they wanted, right? And he's an experienced guy and it took him a year to get out of where he wanted to go versus what the customer really wanted. So um, yeah, it's kind of having that like intuition and sense for what's really the thing that's gonna take off that the customer wants that, um, that yeah, brings them the value that is the, the thing. And uh, yeah, people have to get rid of that ego. So <laughs> tons of stuff there. I, uh, I think that is the number one thing. Maybe I'm have a little bit of recency bias because we literally talked about it today and it's, uh, 
Um, but I just had my own aha moments. I was like, I remember you doing that. And it's cool to see you go full circle, right? With this mentor. And now, um, and then I see it in all my, all the fellows these days too. So, um, and uh, I'll add one other thing to this because I think it's important to know, like there's, there's that grind, there's that piece in the middle that's going to be hard. It's going to be messy. But there's also getting a sense for what it looks like when you've got it, right? That's, that's really tough. And again, my friend, Mike, the mentor today, he was like, this is what it's like. And now that people are coming to us, this is what they were asking for. We started to give it to them. They wanted more of it. Um, and getting that feeling of what it's like so you don't settle and so you don't just like grind against an idea that's not going to work is really important. So we bring in all sorts of experienced founders, like my friend, Mike, like folks who have built really big businesses and get them to say like, what's it like when you find it? Right. Um, and it's like completely a feel thing, right? Because it looks different for all sorts of businesses. It's not a metric per se. Um, as much as people think you can measure product market fit, I kind of don't think you can, right? So um, calibrating that is what all first-time founders don't have and they need to get there. And so it's, uh, again, a bit of a, only you can do it by experiencing it. Um, I don't know. So much of what I, as I go through this, I sit back and I'm like, we just need to help people just like get in and stay in the game. Right. Cause it's all an experience thing. It's all about almost about surviving. And if we can help them along the way with, you know, some shortcuts, some avoiding rookie mistakes, just so they can get to the real hard stuff and then get through it. We'll have succeeded. And I think these founders will have succeeded too. Yeah. Love it. Really amazing points there. And um, you know, it reminds me of something that I tell my clients at the start of when I work with them as well, it's about pre-framing them, right. About mm. saying, this journey is going to be challenging at the start, especially, right? Um, it's going to test you a little bit. You're going to have to start thinking a little bit differently. And like you said, what your original idea is not necessarily going to be the end idea. We don't know what that's going to be yet, but let's see what happens along the journey from, you know, what when you're speaking to other people, um, you know, depending if it's a product, if you're trying to get something and you can't get it and you've got to pivot, it could be so many different things that could happen, right, in the market. Um, and things like that. So it's very interesting. And, and for those people that just don't know if they're an early stage, when you mentioned MVP, that's a minimum viable product. So that's like the minimum you can have in a business so that you can put something mm -hmm. out there to see if people are going to buy this basically, right, from you. Um, and that that's, you want to get as much as you want to do the work initially, you want to obviously do the work to make sure you're getting something that's a fit as much as you can. And then you want to put it out there. And then that's really going to be the true test um, to see whether or not that's actually going to work or do you need to make some small adjustments, potentially large adjustments, things like that along your journey. And that's really what's going to make you successful is being able to, to pivot, to change, to adapt um, what that is. And you can take a year um, like, you know, the mentor that he mentioned, Seriously. or, you know, you can, you can do it a lot quicker, right? Don't, don't let the ego, don't let um, your original vision cloud what people want, right? Because, um, you know, there's, there's wants and needs in the market and that's what, that's what ultimately people are going to buy. It's not going to buy just your idea. So be open to, to changing that. Yeah. I love that. Wants and needs, not just your ideas, right? You need to be going towards those wants and those needs. It's, it's sounds pretty basic or obvious. I don't know. Right. Sometimes I say it, I'm like, is that, is that helpful to anybody? But I'll tell you again, the whole premise of what we're doing is every axiom, everything has been said. It's not about just saying it again or listening to it again. It's about having somebody say it or help you really live it when it matters, right? Like it's hard to like for me to get that across. Like everything we're saying here at one level 
kind of doesn't matter. And then it really matters when it's in practice, right? And so when we're in these mentor sessions, it's not even just this that fact that it's a mentor session where somebody can hear it from my friend, Mike, right? It's the fact that they're, they did something, they're in the middle of the work, they hear the thing and they immediately do something about it, right? And it's about like this week is all about shipping something. And so they're going to do that and they're going to get more feedback on Thursday and they're going to hear another talk tomorrow. So it's uh yeah, it's, it's, it's completely about getting into the game and having all these things come to life as you do them. Right. It's a, uh, I don't know. I think we just, I think we just solved entrepreneurship. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> I think we can go home now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. True. That's definitely a way of looking at it. Um, as long as you put the work in, right. That's the biggest thing. It's not like you're going to go in and go, Oh, I've got this amazing idea and it's just going to fall into my lap and I'm going to be a yeah. millionaire. I mean, that's why you coach. That's why you, you get in the game with folks, right? It's, it's so much more effective, right? It's the only thing that's effective, right? Yeah. And, and it has, it has scalability and it, and it depends what you want, right? Some people, you know, it can also be potentially entrepreneurs and things like that, right? Like where you were sure. sort of a little bit at Accenture other businesses, right? Where you work within a yep. business. So you might be working with the founders as well on that level. Um, but you know, whatever, whatever level you're at um, is, aiming to to make you know the water better place you know solve some problems out there that need to be solved um and that's yep. what it's gonna yeah one of the things that we're working on um this isn't even like out in the world yet but we'll all tell you what we're working on right so the idea of a, our fellowship is very much kind of flagship it's for these entrepreneurs but i think a lot about the folks who are either just getting started or even just one step before they get started and they're entrepreneurs, they're creatives, they're innovators at Accenture, at you know Fortune 500s, whatever it might be. And whether it's for their existing job or they're sort of percolating, thinking, where, where do I go next? That's a really exciting moment to me, right? And it's distinct from the like, we're in it, right? Where you need everything. But it's a little bit closer to the, how do I pull the, I think the two ingredients, it's ideas and people, right? How do I get around interesting ideas and again, ideas are a dime a dozen. So how do I work through them? How do I understand if an idea is good or not? And then how do I meet those people, right? Whether it's to actually build with as a co-founder or just to smash my idea against and get some feedback. And we, I see that actually, that's where we're going to go next is day one is we're going to create the, it's kind of like a gym, right? It's kind of like the CrossFit gym or the, um, I don't know, right? Like the, the, the boot camp for these ideas. And that's going to be something really exciting because it's going to allow us to bridge the gap between the corporate innovator and the entrepreneur and the sort of getting them onto the ramp towards entrepreneurship. And I bet you can imagine what it's going to look like. It's going to be a place to throw ideas around to meet people, but in typical day one fashion, it'll be structured. It'll be guided. It'll be, you know, we'll seed it with experts and mentors and things like that. So, um, so yeah, I, I totally, and again, I came from that world. It's 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 the logical journey of an entrepreneur. And so in our mission to help more people be entrepreneurs and to help more entrepreneurs build better businesses, it kind of makes sense. Like, let's go help these, the folks who are kind of inching towards the starting line, right? So um, to, to the people listening, if that's you, we're coming. <laughs> you know, we're, uh, we're going for the, the starting line as well as the sort of like one step out of the gates, right? And, uh, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, the, I mean, one of the things that I think a lot about besides like the stuff of entrepreneurship that we're talking about, like I mentioned earlier, sort of the, the way education is changing, right? Like we're not like 
we live in a world with like overload of information. So it comes down to how do we make sense of that information and how do we make it like practical, right? And that comes back to like these communities of practice, these fellowships, these ways people are kind of aggregating together to, to take the things that you might read or listen to or learn and then do something with, right? So I don't know, we're living in a golden age of like new uh, educational um, platforms, right? I mean, we had old school stuff. We've had MOOCs, the idea of like courses like Udemy and, um, but now we have all sorts of like live programming and classes on all sorts of things that, I don't know, in this world of our pandemic, where everyone went virtual, everyone said like, well, I got to find my people and it's got to be online, right? And so, um, I don't know, we feel like we're playing in this awesome wave of like new communities, new um, ways that people are coming together online. And um, I don't know, it feels like the beginning of the future. Maybe it's dystopian because now we're like never going to see each other again. It's just going to be completely virtual. But um, I don't know, it allows me to chat from New York and you from Sydney. You know, it's like the coolest thing about this, this virtual world. So um, yeah, we're definitely in a golden age of, of new education and how that like allows people to make those shifts and jumps. Um, it's, uh, I don't know, it's exciting to be a part of it for sure. Yeah, definitely. Really awesome points. And um, initially, I'll just mention that I really like the bit and I like to say it foundations, right, of business. You really mm. need to understand those key foundations about what you need to learn, especially if you're in that, in, you know, entrepreneurial stage of wanting to start so that you can get that right mindset, the right strategies, the right tactics and things to help you along the way. So that's, um, that's amazing. Um, I'm definitely all about that of, of teaching people those things that they don't have to do the MBA like we've done, right? There's other ways, quicker ways of doing it without going through, um, you know, all the specifics, yep. um, you know, let's, let's take the gold out of that. And, um, and then, yeah, awesome. Uh, you know, definitely the virtual world has changed a lot now. And, and, I, you know, I think it, it's a mindset as well, right? Like I, I say to people, it's, it's about opportunities. It's actually helped us to connect around the world. Like you said, you know, we're, you know, uh, different parts of the world at the moment. And we're connecting on this platform to help, you know, all the watchers and listeners today. And that happens mm-hmm. in business around the world. You don't just have to go meet someone for a coffee down the road and hope to do business with them as you can do business with anybody um, around the world. So look at it as much as we crave human connection, so to speak, in person, that's going to happen at some point. Yeah. Um, depending on where you're at in the world. Um, but yeah, look at it as an opportunity um, in that way and really powerful. Um, That's something that um, the, you, you hit the idea of like business around the world, right? There's um, one of the things that uh, we, we were talking about, I think just recently inside of day one was um, was the idea that, you know, the world is, I don't know, this is silly to say, so much bigger than you know, right? I think the fact that we all went inside and then all connected online has sort of opened up our eyes to like, wow, like it's not just about the people I see on the street or I see in my office. The world is really freaking big, right? And the borders matter way less these days. And um, what that means for small businesses, for new entrepreneurs is it doesn't matter how small, how niche, how what weird your audience is, your customer is, there's a ton of them. <laughs> You know, I promise you, right? And you may have heard the sort of advice or adage to say like, go like riches and niches, like go small. Um, But it means it's so real. And nobody, nobody, whether it's an investor or anybody should say like that market's too, I mean, there are, there are definitely small markets, but you'd have to like really convince me (laughs) if you were like, this is a small market. I'd be like, really? Globally? 
if you like, is it really that small? And the answer is no, right? You, most businesses can get to a scale that's meaningful on, on a tiny, tiny sliver subset of the market, right? Of your customer base. So I, that's it's just something that I think is super, it's so important to say that because um, one, you should just not get told like no based on size of a market. And two, like, be weird, right? Go for the people that are like your tribe, like your specific folks, like the, the weirder and the more narrow and specific you can be, the better shot you have of succeeding. And then eventually it'll get big one. Cause that group is actually bigger than you think. And two, cause then you'll just be the, you know, you solve for one and you start to expand, expand, right? That's how most businesses grow. Right. So we were just talking about that today. And I think it's just so important to like completely double down on like find your tribe, right? Whether that's on Twitter, whether, I don't know, right? That's find your tribe and build for them, you know, immerse in there. And, you know, that's where you, all the great startup ideas are going to be, right? Don't try to be everything for everybody, right? Don't try to just like follow the trends, like be unique. And that's one of the best advices I can give anybody, right? Um, and it, it goes along with being human-centered and finding these people, yada, 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 right? So everything we said fits into that, but yeah, don't, because um, the world is huge. You know, you can just start selling from New York to Australia and it'll work. Right. So go yeah. for it. Love that. Really awesome points there. Um, and finally, I, I'm probably just obviously you've been around a lot and you're seeing like what's happening in the world. Um, and maybe let's just finalize and touch on where do you see entrepreneurship headed right over the next five, 10 years yeah. you've had and, and maybe some uh, final points as well that you'd like. Absolutely. To I think this is sort of part of that point, right? Where's entrepreneurship going? Entrepreneurship, I think is gonna get atomized, meaning small scale entrepreneurship is gonna to start to be like, maybe solopreneurship is gonna become much, much more common. And whether that means like, you know, one trend of that is the way there's more and more freelancers, right? So you have people not going into one job, but saying, hey, I'm gonna do the thing I do, but for a lot of people, right? So freelancers are solopreneurs, right? You have people who like creators, TikTokers, uh, folks like influencers, right? Um, and but on top of that, you have folks who would, you know, maybe a designer, a coder, like a normal, normal, right? A builder, somebody who would be an entrepreneur, saying, "I don't necessarily need to build this like rocket ship unicorn startup. I'm going to build something for my small niche. I'm going to build for a thousand people." and sell a hundred of these and what, you know, or, or sell a hundred dollars a month for a thousand people. And I've got a good living. Right. So I think I'm not the first one to kind of throw this idea out there, right. The idea of the passion economy, the idea of the creator economy, these are all happening. And I think they're the future of entrepreneurship and it's going to be the sort of new layer. We're going to have all these entrepreneurs playing at this layer of sometimes they're side hustles. Sometimes they're so lucrative. It's like they go retire everything in between. And out of those ideas and those small businesses, those creator businesses are going to be the seeds of bigger and bigger ones, right? You're going to have unbundling and rebundling and things that take off. Um, and so what that means is everyone should just jump into that layer, right? Start creating, start building. It's not to say it's easy, but it's so much more accessible, right? It's, it's, it's a place where you can just be. It's not, we're, we're getting away from a world where it's like the moon or bust, where to jump into entrepreneurship means you must get venture capital means you must create this huge thing, right? We're in a world where you can just like be an entrepreneur and have side hustles and simmer on these things and be a multi hyphenate and try a thousand things. So 
that's already happening. And I think it's going to go that way. I think the funding venture capital and other funders are going to catch up and they're going to be like, huh? Yes. There's always going to be some like leading, you know, technology unicorns um, coming out of, you know, brand new technologies, artificial intelligence, biotech space. They're always going to create brand new platforms, but um, most entrepreneurs are going to create smaller businesses and people are going to have to realize, Hey, I don't know. I, I can be a funder. I can be an investor in these small businesses, have a big portfolio. I don't know. It's going to look a lot different. So I see investing looking differently because founders are going to do things differently and start to say, I don't want your cash. I want to do it my way. And if investors want to play there, they're going to have to find better terms, better ways to, to fund and be partners with these new entrepreneurs. So I'm here for that, right? Because I think that means we're going to have hundreds of thousands of millions of more entrepreneurs doing really interesting stuff. And the world's going to be so much more creative for it. Some will go back and be entrepreneurs. I don't know. It's just going to be like a very dynamic time over the next five to 10 years. So I don't usually throw predictions around, but I'm pretty sure that's going to happen. And we're at the advent of sort of a new wave of entrepreneurship and it's fun to be a part of it. Yeah. Awesome, man. Love that. And I'm looking forward to seeing how that eventuates in the future. So yeah, we met through our networks where I learned about your awesome journey working in a variety of innovation-led businesses and now creating your own. And uh, yeah, your day one fellowship sounds like a great ecosystem to help, you know, early stage entrepreneurs where they, when they need it most, um, you know, to ensure their business is a success. Um, you know, you're a great guy and I'm sure you'll continue to innovate and, and help others um, in their ventures and uh, very grateful that we connected and, and look forward to working with you in the future as well. Likewise, Ethan. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. If you're uh, keen to check out day one, it's joindayone.com. Go hang out or, or go say hi, drop an email to us. We'd love to say hi back. And uh, and yeah, we have fellowships launching pretty much every quarter um, throughout 2021. And so um, check it out. It's, uh, it's um, going to be a big year for us. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Thank you everyone for watching and listening to this show where we talk about everything on business growth. You can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram is Ethan Cassiota. Visit my website, ethancassiotis.com. I completely agree with you, or do I? The only way you know is if you tune in next time. So until next time, remember that our business grows when we learn skills and take action using them in spite of fear. Have a great day.